Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. I am Keith Feltner Smith. He is Ty Delbridge, and you are listening what to is up? the Podland Trailcasters. What's up, Ty, man? How you been? I'm doing, I've been good, man. It's been a while. We were just, what, we talked about it. It's been since August since we hopped on here, and I think then was a big group chat. So. Yeah, it has been a, a long three months. So much has gone on, and it, eventually I'm going to, this puppy's going to let me actually podcast here. He's trying to get on the mic right Nope, now. she won't. <laughs> she wants the attention. Oh, the it's all about her. This is, the, this is the boy dog. we got a full house of boys now at this point. Uh, Love it. Boys, <laughs> boys house, boys house. Uh, but yeah, man. So let's start. Let's, as we always do, let's just start wide here. Um, let's start on the on the wide zooms. Just launch right in. We'll get to the Blazers in a second. Uh, three months, August mid mid August to uh, late November here. A lot has gone on. We finally got rid of Donald Trump. Fuck that motherfucker, Trump. <laughs> we <laughs> he still hasn't accepted it. <laughs> I don't even. I'm not, we're not going to even bother talking about who's in there because it the really it's not Trump, and that's the important part. Uh, <laughs> count the votes, uh, so that's the thing to be excited about. That's a good thing. Uh, COVID is still rampaging. We got way too many people passed. Uh, and please, if, if you if you have anyone uh, 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 dealing with it right now, know that we are in your thoughts. I have to confess, uh, I have a family member myself uh, that has COVID, and so. You know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a scary thing. It's a tough thing when you, especially right now when we're still trying to be isolated and safe, and you're trying to make sure that uh, you're doing what you can. You know, I, there's not a lot of contacts we could have had in general, but it's it, it, it makes it tough. You know, it certainly is a uh, you want to be able to help, and there's not a lot you can do from a distance. Uh, but before I get nope. too rambly on that, uh, many other things have happened over three months. But Ty. What what maybe uh ha, what's gone on in your life over the past three? I know before we got into into this, uh, you you just had puppies. Uh, you I did I, I yep my dog just had puppies before that. Um, I think back in August I had bought a coffee shop in was. July. See I couldn't remember <laughs> if that happened before or after. I, I wanted to set you up for that. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure you got. A new I think business we was venture. before. Okay. Yep I did that, but it, yeah it's really ramped up. Um, this last couple of months uh it's been really good that's been keeping me busy uh helps keep me distracted with everything going on luckily i decided to get into the drive-through business so oh, okay. i didn't i i'm able to stay open and be takeaway and all that we we're doing all the safety measures cleaning everything being super safe and all that but luckily i was able to i got into that business and not like a restaurant or like a car place right. where i had to shut down unfortunately so uh yeah that's been just taking up a bunch of my time right now and then um football i've been getting into the nfl uh college football now and now basketball so um yeah staying busy and staying safe staying busy and then just trying to get through this freaking year College football has been crazy. Been covering that a lot on uh, on my day job, working over at, on the No Show, uh, NBC Sports. Uh, war of the well, I guess we can't even call it that now. It's war of what are they going to call it? like war of the Willamette the, the, or like the I five rivalries this weekend? Oh man, are we really going like war of the Willamette is not bad. I kind of like that one. I like that. It, it, or like the I five rivalry. The, yeah, that's not, not bad, bad either. The, the big thing we've been talking about on the show on the on the no show because the show is now our show. The Trailcasters here. Mm-hmm. This is the show. But the other show, the show, the no show, which is a show, not no show. It's called the. It's no the show. one that pays the big bucks yes. <laughs> to Keith over here, so he can show up on this podcast. Uh, but but Brian uh, Brian and Eric there, uh, we've been talking about how. The rivalry game thing that they've been going with, it's just not a title. It's kind of like calling it the Washington football team. 
or there's just not the, the rivalry game is just not the name you want to stick with. Uh, but I, I like yeah. the War of Willamette uh, or where, whatever. I heard that like. somewhere. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, we'll always build, I'll still always call it probably the Civil War. Yeah. I mean, we, we should try not you to, can, though. Cause there, there, there's, try not listen, to. I, I'm with you, though. Like be, Before, maybe a couple days ago, I was on the side of like, come on, listen, the, the, the term Civil War does not just apply to American history, which was obviously a very ugly Civil War and lots of other bad context mm-hmm. about it. But there are other places that have had Civil Wars. Mm-hmm. We can't just rename yep. it for that. But then I realized that a lot of this is coming from former ducks, former beavers who are saying, you know, I, I, as African-Americans themselves, uh, I, they're, they're saying, look, this is uh, uncomfortable for us. And they're com- I've heard comparisons mm-hmm. to, you know, you go into a school that has a statue out front of a, let's say, Southern mm-hmm. general from the Civil War and how just like yeah. offensive that can be for people from certain backgrounds. And, you know, you, you got to respect that. That's that's legit. It's that's something I had not thought of as a young white male. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've pretty much 100 percent flipped my perspective as far as, yeah, Rivalry game isn't the best, but fine. Civil War is out. No. You can't call it Civil War anymore. It's, it's no longer the nope. title. Uh, War of the Willamette. I'm gonna there call we go. That. I like that. War of the Willamette. Sounds, Do we need War of the Willamette the teams fun. or like War of Willamette football? No, it's just War of the Willamette. I, just, it's, just it's a tough War one to say if you're not Willamette. good with your Ws. But <laughs> uh, so Some days I might not be, so maybe some days I don't want it to be that. I, I, I think we're setting records right now for how much football we've ever talked on this pod. Uh, but, I love it. Uh, that's cool with me. You know, no, all good. I'm I'm thankful. Uh, day before Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for having a pod back. Uh, and you know, you mentioned your coffee shop, and I'm happy for you, my man. Uh, and obviously, we mentioned uh, the election and all the other craziness going on. Uh, I have to share as well. Just you know, uh, besides some family having COVID and having this, you know, the, just the stress of that from a distance when you can't really do much to affect it. Um, I have had some other more personal things going on that I just got to put out there. Skip ahead several minutes if you don't want to hear my blubbering, but um, uh, I, I lost on, uh, I lost my best friend, uh, my dog, Kua, uh, who I've had since I was 20, 21 years old. She passed on a couple, like, what, maybe a week and change ago or something like that. Uh, and it's been rough, dude. It's been a really rough time, and I promise I'm not going to stick on this too long. There's a point here uh, is that like with all the stresses I was going through of the election stuff, uh, isolation and COVID and worrying about how people are not really handling this as much as, as appropriately as I think they should be. Then this stuff happened with uh, both the family member and my my dog passing on, and it got heavy and bad for me for just, just a brief little time there. Um, mm-hmm. the, the good side of this is that she passed very peacefully, not in any sort of pain, uh, and it was she passed here at home surrounded by a loved one, so it was, it was the best scenario we could have asked for. And the real key for me uh, you always feel bad saying this when when you have a loved one that passes, but it's always stressful leading up to it, you know. And and afterwards, there's almost a sense of relief. And Kua, she passed on NBA draft day on Wednesday the 18th. Uh, so right, uh, the draft obviously for the Blazers was not a huge deal for us. And I've been struggling a little bit. We've been struggling, Ty. You and I have been talking about when we could bring the pod back. And I've with all this mm-hmm. stuff going on, I've had a hard time just getting it together for it. I, it's been hard to think about other things like basketball when nothing was really seeming important to me i guess but then on draft day and the day after uh we start hearing about blazers making trades robert covington coming to portland a player that you and i have talked about numerous times over the last year uh 
And so it's kind of like part of my mind gets, starts getting pulled from the sad kind of the, the, the part that's getting real heavy and, and hard to deal with. And part of the mind just goes, oh, you know, oh, blazers over here, you know, and a little something to kind of yeah. hold on to. And it felt good. And, and obviously there's been a whole lot more blazers offseason stuff to go with uh, since that first day. Uh, and so I, I, it's been nice because it's kind of pulled me out of a, a hard spot. And again, like we were wanting to get back to podcasting and here we are. We finally have made it back. So launching right out of, uh, of all that downer stuff. Let's talk about it. all the off-season stuff that has gone on here. We've had, starting with that uh, Robert Covington move, Blaze just got kind of, what would you say we upgraded Trevor Ariza to Robert Covington with a, with a draft pick? Mm-hmm. Well, two of them, yeah. With two picks, we two traded picks. the what that 16th pick, and then we traded next year's pick. And this year's draft was really weird and not a really strong draft, especially with everything going on, just scouting and also like these guys had multiple months to really scout these players and go hey let's keep this pick because we found someone in this draft so obviously they had enough time to really scout this draft realize nope there's no one here that we want or that can help us in the first round let's trade it and then next year's draft because we want to compete this year should only be in the 20s hopefully or 30s if you play well so then that doesn't really matter so yeah you move two picks and then you move a guy who is a younger version of Ariza, who's younger. I think he's better. Yeah. He's in his prime. He's on a great contract. Excellent, excellent move. Uh, so by the Blazers. And I love that to start off the offseason right before the draft. It just showed you that they were going to be putting their ship in the right direction, I guess. They were actually going to be, all right, this is the year we're going to be getting players. Now, now or so not like we're going to get like Hazonias and Anthony Tolliver's work. We're going to go after guys now that who are going to help us compete and who have shown that they have can do this and have been guys that teams have called on before and they've helped. So I'm pumped about Covington. I love Covington. Uh, I think it's going to be a big deal getting him in here. Uh, it's, it's the, the, again, a player that we've talked about multiple times. Uh, he brings defense. He's, I don't know. I don't want to break it down as simply as saying he's Wesley Matthews in a larger body, like more of a wing and almost like forward body. But that's also yeah. kind of what he brings. So uh, he's like a Swiss Army knife. He's in a way like he has that ability to be Wesley like on the wing, but then he can almost take it down and he can guard fours and fives. What he showed at the Rockets last year when he played center. And I want to tease this. Uh, that we'll come back to it later. But uh, again, on the no show, we've been talking about uh, Blazers players as Thanksgiving foods and. The uh, agreement today from uh, Justin Myers, uh, the guest host when Brian Noah is taking some vacation time, is that Robert Covington is essentially the gravy for us. If you've got all these other players, he's the one that kind of like tops it off and really makes it a tasty meal. We'll get back to that later. Uh, but as far as other offseason uh, trades, let's talk about like focus on the trades brought in here. We had Covington that first day. We had, uh, let's see, Harry Giles. We've we've made a move for him. I'm forgetting. Some. Signed him. Signed him. We signed. We him. traded for Canter. Canter. We traded for well, Canter. And we brought Canter back. How could I forget Canter? And we drafted C.J. Ellerby the that next day in the draft as well. Yeah, I guess we, we can talk can... about C.J. too. Yeah, we've got our, our second C.J. up here. Uh, again, more of a, a wing version of a player that we're maybe more familiar with. But what do you think of He's, him so far? Um, I have watched him the last couple of years because I'm a because I'm a Beaver fan, so I watch college basketball. So I've watched him play us. Uh, he was always someone, like, when you come on, like, when he came on, like, I would never really thought, like, oh, this guy's going to be, like, NBA player. But, like, he was super talented. He'd score a bunch. And really, like, what caught my eye was his hair because his hair is so big. It's not really, like, an afro. But it's, like, <laughs> it's a lot of hair, though. Curls are long. So, like, really, at first, like, who's that guy on the court? And then he's out there putting up buckets. And then, because that was his freshman year. And then this last year, he really tore it up, and he he kind of became more of a scorer. And 6'6", six, six, um, 
he doesn't really force anything. He's got a smooth game. Um, he can score in the mid-range. He can sh- uh, shoot it from three. Uh, he led the Pac-12 in steals. Uh, he's from Seattle. And then I went and looked at his game log. So then when he went and played the Huskies there, like in Seattle, he had his best games. So, like, he obviously rose up for those challenge games. Like, hey, like, I'm in my home city. Like, which is the team that didn't offer me. So then he went off for, like, double-doubles. He had, like, 30-point game, like 30 and 10 or whatever. Like, so, like, he had his best games in, like, the bigger games. So like, the fact that he was able to rise up for those moments and try to step up for those. And and then what's nice about him is he's not going to be a guy that's coming in and like, all right, like, let me show you what I can do. Like he's going to be like, take this into the bench role. I think he'll try and develop. And then hopefully just like guys like Pat Carrington and then like Jake Lehman and all those guys. And then about three years, you're like, wow, he's been on the league. And then he's a good three and D role player. Well, yeah, especially for, so a guy I think they did a nice job there. What was his pick? He was drafted at uh, 46th overall. Is that right? Yeah. It's like 16th in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, and yeah, man. So I, I, I think you do, with him coming to the league, there's a certain lack of expectations. I don't think he's going to be uh, coming in like expecting to get minutes right off the bat. So yeah, hopefully that's a player we can develop in the background. But moving on from Ellaby, hey, what's up, Chad? We got Chad just dropping in here. Oh, looking good over there. Cheers, sir. Love it. <laughs> oh, and I got an alarm going off here too, which I should probably silence. Uh, so yeah, Chad Helm coming in and joining us uh, as we're as we're getting things going. And Chad, we uh. We, we, we just did kind of a... Here, I'll, I'll cut this out in a second. Um, we did kind of a, a little bit of an intro as far as just kind of like, you know, zoomed out from the offseason, talking about what's been going on with us personally, all the crazy shit. Uh, and we just started talking about the Covington move, the LB getting drafted, and dropping in from there. Uh, how are you, sir? W- w- would you like to add anything to uh, telling us about your personal offseason or anything about uh, the initial draft uh, impression? Oh, man, No. I got nothing to add. <laughs> you guys said it all, and okay, you said it so well. That makes it easy. I will. I do have. Uh, I do have a little brag to make. Oh, okay. Let's hear this one. I. Uh, is this an off-season brag? You do have an off-season. It's thing not an off-season's brag. It's a. Uh, it's a, my first time on the podcast. I said, uh, "What about Ennis Cantor coming back?" And was laughed and mocked. Ah! <laughs> nice one. And now how excited oh, are you? He's got the documents. <laughs> okay, well, that's a perfect transition then. We uh, we brought up that we drafted C.J. Ellaby, the, the second C.J. for the team right now. Uh, we will get back to Robert Covington. Uh, and one of the other pieces we brought in here. I'm super excited about uh, Robert Covington. to Harry Giles, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking more about him because I'm excited about him for sure. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys some questions about that in a little bit. But besides Rocco... We have brought in uh, Harry Giles, a young player from the Kings, and we brought back Ennis Cantor. So, uh, so Chad, I I forgot that you had called this. I did not remember that. That was a uh, what? So that was, I didn't uh, call it. We were just talking about what bigs we would like. Who, who you'd like to come? We back. basically called. Yeah, <laughs> and then somebody and, and we'll I was that. just saying like I really liked him because uh, I believed our entire team rebounded better with him on the court. I felt like other people like almost learned how to rebound from him better. Like Collins rebounded better. They were just blocking out. I mean, that's all, that's all I want. I want people to block out and, and you don't become Dennis Rodman or Ennis Cantor or Ed Davis by not blocking out. Cause they're, they're just not huge beings to just stand there and with their arms straight up in the air. So I like the hustle that he brings to that side of the, the front, you know, is that yeah. the front court? Yeah. Right. I'm I'm super excited to see what he looks like when he's not uh, 
the the person we're relying on, relying on for starting center either. When he's backing up Nurkic, uh, I think this would be such a sure. different dimension of just like how you know how he can kind of reserve his energy. He's not having to spread it as thin, you know. And so yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what he can do in the in this role. What he was intended for, even the first time we brought him around, but then Nurkic got injured, and yeah, you know, the rest is history. I think that's how. I mean, that was kind of like what happened when we brought in like Aaron Aflalo. I mean, to back up Wesley Matthews, yep, yeah. and then West Matthews gets hurt, and then Aflalo has to jump in. It just botched the whole plan. Yeah. Same thing with Kaner. Yeah, like I'm pumped to see him now, like an actual role, and then also not with a bum shoulder, like playing on half of his body. It seemed like when he's running down the court with his arm down and still actually getting rebounds in one way with an, with one arm. Now he actually has two shoulders to work. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped to bring him back. It's going to be great. Oh, man, I hadn't really even thought about that. But you, you, by bringing up the shoulder, you remind me, how will this new season schedule, like starting in December, how is this going to uh, be affected by uh, religious fasting times, I guess we should say? I, you know, Ellie, It's that's not going to be in the playoffs, at least. We can say that. It's probably not going to fall true. in the playoffs. Uh, so that's something. Not trying to be insensitive towards everyone's personal needs. Nothing's wrong with, uh, with fasting, Ramadan, or anything else. Uh but moving on from the acquisitions, we've had we we pick up Rocco, we bring back Cantor, we pick up Harry Giles. Oh, and what about Derek Jones? We didn't oh, even talk Derek about him. Jo- See, I knew there was another one. Oh, we talking about earlier. Can we not have Dude, a dunk contest just on our team? Serious. I love Derek it. Jones, Anthony Simons, just like those two going at it back and forth, man. I would love to watch that. So exciting. Like that's a fan night, fan fest thing right there. Like, can he show Anthony how to use that athleticism in a game? Because his highlight reel is his his in game highlight reel might be better than his dunk contest. Dude, it's ridiculous. He gets up. His his head is over the rim. It's insane. Well, listen, we're it's, we're talking about you know you mentioned Ennis Cantor, uh, kind of inspiring the rebounding side of people. We've talked about other players as well, Dame included, uh, being someone who just brings it the best of his teammates. Why wouldn't we think that Derek Jones would bring out the best dunker in Anthony and maybe other players too? Who else would you see on, on this roster as uh, being someone who could pick up being like our third dunker? If we've got Derek Jones and Anthony, I mean, he might hype Dame up to throw up a few more. Yeah. Let's get Nas out here, man. I want to see more from him. He's almost going to be a forgotten dude on the bench at this point. I feel like like at, uh, back into the rotation, not forgotten by us, but you know. Yeah, but think about the future, man. Is I mean, we have yeah. a future now. With I mean, these guys are still young. Derek Jones. He's twenty three. Yeah. yeah, we've got some guys coming in here, man. Uh, it's they definitely are managing somehow to maybe both cultivating a future team as well as building around Dame. Which I, I mean, I don't know how they really pull that off. Maybe we have to start pulling back some of the hate on Olshay, but not yet. I'm not entirely ready for it. He has done a nice job this offseason, though. Um, I mean, this, I mean, he's done a pretty good job to take some of that, yeah, he's that heat a or hate away, off. I would say. <laughs> there's, there's a, I mean, there's he's done a, a real... I would say that if this team doesn't season. do anything, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not Neil's fault. Yeah, we're we're going to have yeah, to look to coaching. I, yeah, like... Yeah. Okay. Well, that's he's that's saving his bacon a little bit now. He's tired of being like, nope. I'm tired of like people saying ta- or like Stotts is squeezing lemons to make whatever. Like I'm now gonna give him the actual dinner and see what he can do. <laughs> and if he can't do it, then yeah, it, he's then not giving him well, just lemons. He's giving him the full bar. <laughs> like let's. Well, oh, there it did is. Did you guys watch uh, Derek Jones's like media day interview? I didn't get to see that. one. I didn't get to see absolutely that one. Interview, no. worst questions I've ever heard anyone ask. Like they're just so, like they're horrible. <laughs> I don't watch them because they always are horrible questions. And I, I I don't know if you guys are friends with them all, but like and I, I know they're all nice people. But I don't need to hear like, you know, I don't. They're just some silly questions. But one of the things that he no. said 
he was asked like why he likes defense. And he said, because it wins basketball games. <laughs> and I was just like in heaven. Thank you. That's two people who said that. And they're... Covington said the same thing? For their things. Yeah. Yep. He said the same thing. Like, I like to play defense. Like, I'm just here to like do what the team needs to win. And I think I was listening to the Rip City Report and then Sally for that last episode. Dude, and what the hell is they were talking about how the difference is between Whiteside came in and said, like, I want to lead the league in blocks and rebounds and win defensive player of the year. And then now these two are just like, whatever it is to win, I'll do. That's such a great point. Yeah. Really Covington's that's the thing. defensive highlight reel is crazy. Yeah. And, and again, like, so that's the thing fans have been asking for. Like, we all enjoyed what Whiteside brought up here. We enjoyed the, the blocks and everyone enjoyed highlight plays. But even throughout the season, we talked about we need more defensive players. We need someone out there to be able to kind of like tighten it up. And we, I, I think we even maybe almost relished the idea that, oh, Dame and CJ are playing better defense than they have in the past, as if that was going to be enough uh, against the Lakers. <laughs> and Ty, you brought up uh, earlier before we started the show here, you were the one guy on one of these group chats a couple months ago. Uh, saying, oh, Lakers in the first round might be a problem for us. We're gonna get, and we, I think we not a good matchup. <laughs> I did. I get. I, I did get a little heat. But you know what? I deserved it for saying on a group pod for the Blazers. How dare so you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know what? No, but, I, uh, but real quick, uh, for the Derek Jones, I saw a lot of hate on the move from a lot of fans and people not liking him because he's not a very good shooter. But my thing is, we want defense. So, yes, that means you have to lose some offense because the guys that are both are all-stars or get paid big bucks so yes you have to lose a little offense to gain really good defense and I think he's young he's going to develop and I've seen a lot of people not like that move I'm like how do you not like that move like we haven't had guys who could dunk or or whatever for a long time yeah or like just do anything like that like we haven't had like guys like wow like that guy's a basketball player I mean since like right I mean for a while we just kind of like really good players no one like wow like he could jump out of a gym I mean I mean since Simon's now but now we actually have a guy who's long he's, and he's gonna run it oh, when, he, so for all those, when like, he finishes plays. it it changes a mood of a game and there I don't care if you mm-hmm. there's threes and transitions that do not such do that a good point right no. oh such a yeah exactly and I can't wait for fans yeah. to back for him because that's what it is too. When he throws a big jam in the Moda Center and they're and those yeah. off their feet, and then you get a defensive stop, and then Dame comes down and then hits the three. Yeah, oh rewatching that dunk, those dunk All highlights and him like throwing some of those down in some huge traffic and screaming, and then they like kind of don't show the crowd because there's nobody past seat twelve, like above seat twelve <laughs> in the arena. I'm like, oh, he has no idea what he is going coming to. Like he has no idea. Oh. Oh, yeah. He's the new Will Barton in a way. Better version, though, right? Like, he's there. Um, yeah, like way better. Ver- uh, yeah, like he's better version, but I feel like that way. Like he's become a fan favorite. He's going to become that thrill guy that when people come in, like, I love. When so Derek did you comes. like, I, I feel like, oh, sorry. I, I feel like he might not have the, he might not have the ceiling of Will Barton, uh, but I feel like he's probably a more athletic, maybe slightly bigger version. I don't really know this, the size or stats or anything like that, but uh, I'm more just thinking like role or like yeah, just the yeah. type of guy, like maybe not like player in sense, but like just like what like he was to the fans. He's like the new fan yeah. favorite. Will the thrill. He's gonna be, yeah, yeah. He's going to be that thrill for sure. What were you saying, Chad? Well, I didn't, I don't know if you guys watched him closely enough or better than I did, but I don't remember him having a lot of, like boneheaded, like, oh, that was kind of a bad shot. Like you, like you mentioned role. Like, I feel like he knows his role really well. He even mentioned that in his interviews. Like this is a team that everybody knows their role. 
And, and that's, I think, an important thing for people to do. And I think that's where the Will Barton on, on these teams kind of uh, suffer because Will probably has been a number one everywhere he goes. And then he has to learn how right. to do the NBA. He was a high school kid. But he, he was grooming to be a number one or a number two, maybe even a three somewhere. But it wasn't going to be here, right? Not in this style. I don't Unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, yeah. No. Yeah, not, not not in this round unless we like managed to pull a pull a Stephen Adams or an Ennis Cantor and bring him back for another round in the future. Wasn't going to be here. But I still don't think his style fits with ours, and I think that, Oof, and I, I think this, did, I think this, yeah, I, I get it, but I think this, I think that's where Jones is a little bit different. Like he he's going to fit that. He knows his role is going to be defense, hustle, and right. be the thrill the thrill maker. Right, well, and his demeanor, his demeanor is, I feel like, a little more. Um, I mean, dude earned it, right? Mm-hmm. He was an undrafted. I got three children. He had a kid at seventeen. Like, I, I got to grow up early and be a dad, and I got to take care of business. And he's had to earn it every step of the way, right? UNLV. Yeah. yeah. Um, but undrafted, he said that was the biggest thing, man. He had to go walk on and had to outplay people that were picked. Like that says something, right? Oh, no, mm-hmm. definitely. No, definitely does. Uh, okay, I'm not trying to do him any disservice, but no, well, no, you're. What, what are you sorry for? Don't. don't <laughs> sorry. Great, I, I, I'm actually. I yeah, feel yeah, like I, I go I, on. I, mean, I, I like talk way preach. more on Derek I'm Jones. But Keith wants to get off Derek Jones. I'm about to go more on him, but we can go off because I saw that Jonathan Abrams wrote the article that someone followed him for his uh, his free agency, and he said he wants to develop more of his offense. So that's one of the reasons he chose to came here. Like they. Uh, I mean, like it's kind of an interesting read. Like you guys should read it. Like if you haven't, it kind of gets uh, behind the scenes of why he chose the Blazers. That Derek and what's interesting, yeah, is his agent and someone else followed him for his signing. And what was interesting is while the Blazers offered him that, they told him they had kind of had to hurry up because they had other like wings they were going after, and it was basically like whoever called first was going to get it, and then he ended up accepting it. So you have oh, to read it. Awesome. Okay. But, Okay, then we'll see. I'm learning stuff from both you guys. Then I didn't know the background. You have to go to Danny Morang. He, <laughs> he uh, he quote tweeted it, and that's where you can find the article. I can go. For, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like Danny's an easy one to track down. Shout out to friend of the show, Danny Morang. Get him back. Shout on Shout out, soon. Danny. Uh, but good. I'm learning from both you guys about uh, the the his background, DJJ's background, as well as uh, uh kind of his his drive for it. Is DJJ a good nickname? Are we cool with that one? I think that's what they call him, right? I think I think that's it? what. I see, like I'm. I, I know that. I think that's what his Twitter is. Maybe I don't know. The other one that keeps his getting Twitter debated is uh, is Roco. People, I, I mean, again, maybe it's not everywhere, but just on on my day job on the he no calls show, they don't that. like Roco. They don't like that as a nickname. I think it's I think it's great. I have no problem with he it. He calls himself Roco, yeah. so I think we have to go. He's it. He said himself. that's before I was Roco. I was established. So. Oh. Yeah. He's been going with that for, yeah. for a couple of years. It's Rocco. It's locked in. I'm good with it. So He's allowed to call himself whatever he wants. So we got Rocco. We got DJJ. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got we got Ro- we got Rocco. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, Android all day. We got Rocco. We got DJJ. We have Cantor coming back. We got Harry Giles. Giles. We haven't really touched on Giles. Uh, he's going to be a he's a young big man, but he's got some passing abilities for a big. Uh, so like, he was like his best player, like in his high school class. So we we've got and then he, he right, yes. As far as signings go, yeah, and he had options. What's interesting is we drafted him. So now right. with Cantor coming back, 
with Melo coming back, Hood coming back, and now Giles, who we signed, but we drafted him. It's almost like he's coming back. It's almost like Got a bit of a... we're tied to all these guys that came back in here. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask about, because right now we've got Nurkic and we've got Cantor backing him up. Are we seeing Giles as the backup to Collins, or is there any sort of discrepancy in that? Yeah, he's that, and he might play more because we don't know Collins is going to come back right away from that surgery in his ankle. So he might now, he'll be that, and he'll be what Tolliver was last year. Right. So now instead of Tolliver playing center and playing 20 minutes a night, yeah, you get a you 6'11 go. young Harry Giles who's coming into his prime. Uh, I mean, uh, so for him, or so what I found really interesting, he is an excellent passer. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And for his stats, don't really show it, but... He throws some great passes, and not like all lazy ones. Like he's throwing sharp bounce no, passes. Yeah. He's looking off guys. He's at the top of the post. Like I think he could easily start breaking out here because he's still talented. He's 22. Uh, he's finally like healthy now. Like this is his like probably his second full year healthy. He suffered like some knee injuries back in the past, so that was kind of like stunned his development. But even then, like he came off those knee injuries and still got drafted in the first round by the Kings or us or whatever. But. That dude, I'm pumped about Harry Giles. I think he has a chance to all of a sudden come here and then like in two or three years, I mean, he could surpass Collins eventually. I'm not saying I think that's going to happen, but like I wouldn't wow. be totally shocked if all of a sudden we think Giles is the better player in Collins in see, a few see, years. See, hold up. Now you're just trying to hedge your bets. You're doing this whole thing again where you're going to try and call ahead like your, your Lakers uh, against the Blazers first round. Shoot it. You're like, oh, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to happen, but Shoot he's probably going to be better. Uh, yeah, there's a probability. <laughs> there's a 60-40. Well, wait, we, we still got... We still, still got to see Zach develop too, man. He's had so much injury time. I, I want to see him on the floor before I decide where his ceiling's at yet. No, definitely. I definitely agree. Oh, they definitely could. I think they can. I have no problem. I think with that. they can, dude. Like, yeah, you look at the. Could. That's kind of what I mentioned before. You look at the young core, beyond the team that's being built around Dame, which again we'll get back to in a second for the people that have come back, like Melo and the rest. Uh, but the younger side of this. You imagine a team uh, with d- with a developed version of Ant, of Gary Trent, of uh, of Zach and Giles. Uh, you got a lot of pieces in here. And Derek Jones. Derek Jones, yes, yeah. How old is he actually? Is I he mean, he's twenty three. Jones, who? Jones is twenty. Uh, he's tw- he. I don't know how old is Covington. Let me look. I don't know. But Co- he might Covington be, might be he's slightly older younger. than them. He's like closer to Dame's age range. But you're saying Jones is like in that same. Covington, he's 29. He's but he's but he turns. I bet he's 29 in 347 days. So he's basically 30. He almost turns 30. Yeah, but anyway, that, it's, uh, the young core on this team is looking good, man. There's a lot of development going on on that end. Uh, I mean, I mean, for Giles, he could start at power forward eventually and then Zach at center and then you have a very athletic hey, uh, front court. There you go. Two like six that. eleven seven footers who can move and stretch the floor and both can play down low and bang. Because they're both six eleven and two forty two fifty. So I think as they get older they'll get a little bigger and stronger. But yeah, like I think eventually like you could have Collins, Giles, Jones, Trent, Simons. Woo. And Little somewhere in there. Yeah, oh yeah, don't forget Nas. And Little. And this, yeah, you can't forget Nasir. Yeah, yeah, you can't. can't so I mean, like, there's six. I mean, this is a very interesting team. We're built to win now, but also if it went to crap and Dame gets hurt and or whatever, we can literally focus on the future and then go. All right, let's put our eggs in. The f- like, you can literally shift it. All right, so we kind of talked about uh, the four players that we are bringing in 
three of them new, kind of, even though DJJ is not quite new. He was drafted here. Uh, and Cantor is certainly not new, but DJ Derek Jones Jr., Cantor, Rocco, and Harry Giles coming into the Blazers, but they are joining up with a number of players who are deciding to come back. Uh, I think Blazer fans who uh, saw that Rodney Hood declined his uh, contract option might have been a little worried if they weren't really sure of what that meant uh, long term, but the plan was always for Rodney Hood to sign back with the Blazers, uh, and he has done so. He is back with us for, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but it's essentially... Nine or ten million a year. Is that right? I think it's yeah, it's basically that and then I think he has a player option on his second year again, right? Yeah, yeah. And and to be totally honest, the point I'm trying to get out here, we were underpaying him for the last while that he, he, he played with us and then he got injured. Yeah, so you know, we didn't we didn't underpay him for the year that he was injured. But for as far as his value on the floor, his contract was a good one. And so for him to take ten million a year and be with us for one or two more I don't think Blazers fans should be unhappy with that. Do you guys disagree? Well, you got to be pumped about it. You got to be pumped that he chose yeah. to stay. You got to be pumped that, yeah, he had a, I mean, because I heard what, like there was like kind of like a handshake type of agreement before, like, yeah, like you yeah. take less and then, and then we'll yeah, pay exactly. you. But we'll give you the value. Yeah. So I'm pumped for him and I hope he comes back healthy and he plays great. And then he asks for more money next year and he has to like get his value up because I think he's a great player and I think and he'd be great to have here long term, but I'm not sure what will happen with that. But yeah, I'm glad he chose to stay. Going into your question, does it does it actually go into ties too? Like, how many fans think the way that Ty does? What do you mean? Like about Hood saying. in that situation? Because like, I think he's a great player too. Like, I really liked him, but I don't know that he looks the. The, the part for the fans to take hold. And I'm curious at what your guys' take on that is. Are you just saying as far as his game not being quite as enticing? Like, well, the, yeah, the, kind of yeah, like, uh, yeah, the question was like, should fans care about him? Like, should they be happy or care? And I'm like, we're happy because we think he's right. a great player and we think he deserves that money and probably more. And I think that he's, a, I mean, I think injuries are just holding him back. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I, I do think injuries have been part of it, holding him back. I think the other thing, though, is the Blazers in general have had a hard time with free agents, right? And so you get any of these players like Hood who openly, publicly state, I want to be here. I want to come back. I'm settling my family here. I'm making moves to, to stay in Portland. Uh, yeah, I, I think you kind of like get your hopes up. But then obviously we have cases like Lamarcus where he said all the right things and then ditched out. And then so when, when you see, I think Hood say all the right things at first and then not sign the option, there is maybe for a lot of fans... Uh, Maybe that don't do the same level of, of analysis or whatever. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of fans that I think are like having that a bit of shell shock. Be like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? You know. So I don't know if it's as much as thinking that he's a star player. I think he's good. I think he's very good at the, at the role he fits. Uh, hopefully, like we said with Derek Jones Jr., that Hood kind of knows his role here. I think he does so far. Before he got injured, it's just it was so long ago. It's hard to really be too you know decisive about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think a big part of it is. Portland has always valued the character and kind of the chemistry guys, and he just fits that bill. So I just I think it's yeah. just good to see him not be let go, not kind of uh, detach. Absolutely. I mean, he came in and he didn't try to disrupt the boat, right? He wanted to try to find right. where he fit in, and then when he found where he fit in, he started to, to do his thing and flourish. Yes, and I think exactly. that that's what we were all like hoping and waiting to see because we saw flashes and knew what he was in Cleveland. 
but yeah, I I mean I I mean I just think it's an, I think I mean if he was healthy, it does does that Lakers series look different? How big a di- how big a difference does he make? I think the games are probably a little bit better. Um, I don't know, maybe if the series is different, but maybe you're more competitive. Maybe uh, because now you have a third option of a guy who can get you twelve real quick, or not real quick, but who can go off and score on his own. Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe the games are more competitive, and I think it's better with her. But I don't know, maybe if the like series changes. Like, I mean, like, I'm not sure. Like, if he wins you like another game or two. Against well, the look, Lakers. Ty, we always but. knew that Ty was uh, <laughs> negative against that series. He was always going to say the Lakers had it dominated no matter what. Um. I would think with Hood back in the bubble healthy, we wouldn't have been as struggling for that eight seed like with Memphis. I think we would just would have had it with Hood. But we then we get to. Yeah, I think we would have been. Yeah. And, and I do think in a series, the one thing that I've, that I've heard comments on, uh, even with this offseason, as far as the moves we have made, the one piece we might still be lacking, the one kind of hole in the roster, would be a backup point guard or just another kind of primary playmaker. And Hood, I think somewhat, he, I'm not saying he's a primary playmaker. He's not taking the place of like Dame running, running the offense in a second unit. Uh, but he can handle some of that load. And so it just, I'm not saying it would have changed the series necessarily, but yeah, maybe we could have won a little f- a few more games, maybe not have been as, uh, as concrete in the eighth seed pushed for, you know, something beyond. I'm curious what will happen with the play in tournament setup they're going to have this year. We can get to that on a whole nother episode because it's just not important right now. But the whole I have two things real quick. Yeah, what's up? One for Chad's point. Chad, on the point of Hood maybe not being like the fan excitement, are you maybe saying that they are like with most fans probably would have liked like Jay Crowder more than like getting Rodney hood. Yeah. Situation. That's what I think as well. I think people would have been like, Oh yeah, give me Jay Crowder. I think they just, I don't know. I think for some reason there's this weird thing about hood that they all know he's good and he's appreciated. But I feel like if they would have got a bigger name and not retain hood, I think people would have not been as upset about it as if you lose, I don't know, some like, or like LaMarcus in the past. I think people would have been like, oh yeah, Jay Crowder. Yeah, Hood was all right, but Jay Crowder. Yeah. But I don't think people really appreciate Hood in that sense. Yeah. And then on the other point of the backup point guard, I've always kind of always thought we should go get a backup point guard. But then with Stotts and O'Shea in the Blazers, one is they like to use CJ in that role, which oh, that hasn't really ever worked. <laughs> yes, they like Simons in that role now, but also they like having bigger guys who can distribute. That's why they like E.T., Hood. And also with DJJ, uh, he said, I think it was in that, um, yeah, it was in that thing I just said on the New York Times. He said he could start bringing up the ball to like take pressure off Dame and C.J., he said that in his thing, so maybe he has a skill set. Yeah, or so maybe he has a skill set of passing and distributing. So maybe they don't need a backup point guard with Hood, Jones, McCollum, and Simons. They're like just filter between those four because they kind of like bigger playmakers. Like they kind of like Et, and that kind of scared me that they might go after Michael Carter Williams before because he's that six nine point forward <laughs> type situation. But I think yeah, with Hood, he does have that ability to like just like to. And he was just, doing that, right? Yeah, like just bring the ball up. I think it's just that simple. And to go to your first point, um, I think it's and you maybe you agree with me here. Uh, I think it's because Hood just goes about his business. Yep. Right. He doesn't jump into the crowd and like throw his arms up like Crowder does, and those are all great or things. I'm not nothing stuff. to take it away. I'm not going to take it away from him. I think it's an awesome thing. But Hood just kind of gets it done and 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 keep runs to the other side of the court. 
I mean, what in that triple overtime game against like Nuggets when he hit that three, like he just turned around and just flexes his thing and then continues walking. Like it was like the most. He was just like yeah, and then yeah. like that was the most excitement you saw for him, and it was a like, dagger and a war. Yeah. <laughs> And he was just like, yeah, and then moved and on. So, yeah. And he's done those kind of things in other games and not shown that much emotion. So, like, it took a lot for him to even get there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, so I'm hoping this year, like, he has his moments or he has now he can actually, like, put, like, together, like, a full season where people can go, like, holy shit, Rodney Hood is good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I think that's part of it, too. Like, we kind of touched on this, but just you mentioned the fan atta- the lack of fan atta- attachment tie. I feel like some of it could just be how much time he's missed on the yep. floor. Like uh, so much of with fans is recency bias. Yeah, because he uh, came in halfway through the first season and then he got hurt the start of yeah. last year. So yeah. you have like Yeah, and it was yeah, kind of a big spl- it was kind of a big deal, right? Like people kind of expected probably a little bit too much from him right in the beginning and then because he his personality was like I want to fit into the team and see how I I don't want right. to try to take over. It doesn't just if people yeah. was like, "Oh, what did we just get here in this trade?" Yeah, like he he didn't want to hit the ground. Like he didn't want to go sixty right off the bat. He kind of want to kind of ease into it, but then he didn't have enough time to really get up to full speed. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what he brings. What he what he comes back to. I don't think we could have done much better. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not against Jay Crowder, but man, it's just it's such a different player. Uh, other different players though. We do have Hood coming back. We also have Mello coming back. How big of a deal is it? Is uh, is the roster going to be overcrowded? Obviously, he's not going to be playing the same position as last year because last year we had such a thin lineup, and now we have very much not a thin lineup, especially at Melo's position. How do you guys feel about this? Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a good thing, right? No one is upset that Melo's back here, but uh, where do you think he falls into this? I'm pumped for it because I think the Stars wanted him back. So when Dame and CJ have come out and said they wanted him back, it, I think that is key. Um, also, for me, for selfish reasons, I've said it before, I didn't get to watch him live. Uh, so I'm hoping that we eventually maybe get some fans in the stands and I can see Melo play live inside of a Blazers jersey or or just rocking one because I never got to rock it or see it. So, But <laughs> right now, that's not maybe looking likely. So maybe he plays this year and stays one more year. I don't know. So yeah. that's the reason yeah. I was pumped about it because I wanted him. And also, like, he's just a Hall of Fame superstar. He's one of the bigger names, and that's fun to have on your team. So I don't mind it. And he should know what he's getting himself into. Like, he saw what the team was coming together. Like, he was one of, like, the later signings. So he saw them add Covington, and he saw them add Jones. He saw the reemergence of Trent, and he knows Hood's coming back. So I think he knows, but I think as long as your stars are happy about it and he seems all right, I think – why not? Winning solves a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, uh, I, I would ask this: um, What's our second five? Who? Yeah. Yeah, the lineup is going to be interesting. I'm not exactly sure who. I, I mean, we can talk about that too. Like, who exactly is the starter for the three and the four at this point? Because I, I think the one, two, and five are pretty set. The the two guards and and Nurkic at center are pretty easy. Like Hood, uh, yeah. Hood's pretty ready coming back for the f- beginning of the season, right? But Collins yep. is not. Nope, right. he's saying January. So I mean, so so now that I'm thinking about this, so could this spin up something that they brought Mello back and go, hey, for the first half of the season or whatever, you're gonna play a lot because Collins isn't gonna come back, and then when Collins comes back in the trade deadline, we'll send you to the Lakers or wherever you want to go, blah blah blah, oh, maybe something like that. Maybe because there is so many I, I players at the I position, I don't know. 
I just want to cut your mic since you jumped straight to send him to the Lakers. Like, well, I've gone for any other I mean, options. Ryan. I'm saying where he wants to go. Maybe he wants to go play uh, with LeBron or whatever. I don't so think like he wants to do that. I think he would have went and done well, that. Yeah, he had that option because he had the option. He he had the ability yeah. to go if he wanted to go. I think I'm just spitballing ideas. Maybe why would he come back? Maybe they were like, "Hey, we'll trade you, but you just play until Collins comes back." I don't know because that does get interesting. When Collins comes back, what do you do with him? Mel- yeah. I mean, I, this is why I think this is why he came back because I think he is enjoying his life again. That's that's kind of where I'm at too, man. I yeah. He had a large NBA career. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm not cutting you. I'm just saying, but yeah, he's past basketball. You're you're saying he's got other things he's interested in up here. Well, it's not even that. Like I think he loves basketball. I think he still enjoys it. I think he's what that's part of the thing though. I think he hasn't. I mean, he wasn't hasn't wasn't given a chance. I don't think he enjoyed playing in Houston. I don't think he enjoyed playing. And was it Oklahoma City there for yeah. a minute? Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. that it was a cult, any cultures that he enjoyed playing in. We talked about how these other players want to come here. Like, Hood wants to stay here. Like, like you said, there's some things that there's obviously a culture changing. The difference between LaMarcus right. Aldridge era and now is that that's when Dame first got here. That culture wasn't created yet. Mm. So, what, cult, oh, what yeah. Dame wanted to create a culture and a difference in a locker room and create a style and a, of, of people being better in life, you know? It's kind of the Russell Wilson mantra of, like, I want to have good people, and I want you to succeed in life, not just this five years that we're going to kick it and play ball, like, and not just on the court, Yeah, you know? So I think that people want to be around people who actually care about who they are as people and not just how they can get paid. Especially when he's at the point where he's done everything. I mean, yeah, he's played 16 years. He was all-stars. He was top three players in the NBA. He... I mean, he carried teams on his back. He carried franchises on his back. Now, yeah, come chill and let Dame and CJ take care of it. And obviously, he, yeah, like he looks like he has a good relationship with those two. He likes to go drink his wine, yeah, and do stuff. So, yeah, like he's probably just, <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. At this point now, he's probably like, I'm chilling. I'm good. Yeah, man, I I, I think that's pretty much where it's at. I, I, I didn't mean to say he's past basketball, like he's going to, you know, he's not invested anymore. But, no. yeah, I just feel like he, at this point, he's more about life than about just the NBA life. And I think this is a spot for him. And honestly, you're making a fantastic point. This is the culture that Dame has been building. This is what we've got up here. And so, like we said with Hood, and like we're saying with Melo, when when you're seeing these guys who say, I'm going to choose to be here, that's something that fans value. And that could very much be a change in how we view Portland. We've always had this uh, kind of thing about Portland's character has been, yeah, it's a great place up here, and we like character guys, but for some reason, free agents don't, free agents don't want to come here. Apparently, just the sales or the uh, property tax is that bad or whatever. Uh, but, you know, be that what it is, I think you see players like Mellow and, and like Hood and even like Cantor coming back here, you see players that are producers in the NBA or or legends in, legends in the NBA in Mellow's case. Uh, that could change things. So uh, yeah, it's, it's all it's all looking good at this point. I'm I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, to add to your Is point, there someone else to add to your ahead, point uh, real fast about the fans situation. I think that we take it personal, right? Because we all live here. We like this city. Right. We love this city. Like as as every fan base kind of loves their city. Like Philadelphians, like they love their city. Like if you shit on the city of Philadelphia, it's worse than shitting on the Eagles. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's or it, it's pretty close to the same thing. But I think that's the same thing when people don't choose us. We're like, what? You didn't choose Portland. You know, I think yeah. we, you take it more personal. You don't and we, know? Yeah. yeah. And then we don't know what property tax is in Florida, so we can't compare <laughs> it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see it changing, though. I, I am curious how that goes. Is there someone else I'm forgetting here? Uh, I can cut this out real quick, but is there someone else as far as uh, players that are coming back besides Hood and Mello? Uh, who was, was there anyone else that made a decision right now? I mean, the, the newest signing we made today, did you guys see that, was um, yeah, his, Lillard's uh, cousin? Yeah, Bevins or Belvins. 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 Oh, or, or, Ble- or Blevins. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, but that. He, he signed with and us last the, year, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and that goes with your name. culture thing, like just bringing in guys. Like, it's, I mean, that also might be the Blazers trying to keep their superstar happy by signing his cousin. But it's the same thing. Like, let me bring in guys who I know are good. I can bring, I mean, he's not going to come in and like cause drama at all. He knows he's going to come in and probably just get cut, but he's just going to come and do his work. It's just a, like you're bringing in guys who, even now at the lowest point of the roster, they know what the superstar like. It, like it trickles all the way down. Well, he's the two way. He's a two way contract for us too. Yeah. So he actually only doesn't even count us. against the salary cap. I don't think. Oh. Yeah, oh, I don't. Nice, I don't know all nice that. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know. yeah, so yeah, and because of the COVID thing, they made it to where um, he could actually play in like up to fifty games and still be considered that two way contract this oh, year. Man. So it wouldn't be as detrimental he as like say it would have been you know in the years past where his contract would put us in luxury yeah, tax. Right. Well, I yeah, saw and, someone and being pissed off about that because they didn't do that for Ellerby because they thought they should do that for CJ Ellerby and then keep their biannual exception to go sign like a backup point guard. But since they signed him to a full active deal, he now counts towards the cap. It was the whole thing. Like they're like, they should have signed him to a two way deal. And I was like, whatever. Like we have a loaded roster now. Like, well, you're going to keep adding in. I mean, at some point, we can only have so much talent. Like you need kind of backup yeah. guys, which I was kind of sad to see winning Gabriel go. Cause I really liked him yeah. and I'm curious to see what they do with Jalen Hoard because I like Jalen Hoard a lot. I really liked him and Wayne and Gabriel. I thought they were two unique players. I, I feel like could carve out roles in this league and Gabriel obviously got signed up by the Pelicans and, and with Hoard hasn't been picked up yet, but he could be someone that they keep around like for their summer league or by another two way deal or something, or we'll see him next. Yeah. Like next summer league or whatever, but I, I put Gabriel in, in, in my Barton category. Like I really liked them, but they're just too small for playing defense. Yeah. In this league. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like yeah, they're fun, yeah, they're exciting, and they're they're great to root for. But mm-hmm. that is a tough, tough. Like they just get pushed around so much on defense. So thin. But he tried, and he looked okay. Like I mean, because there's been guys who've come in like same type of like stuff. Like oh, this guy comes in and then have to just get completely destroyed or just look lost. Like he was able to come in like and like finish off some fourth quarters. He hit a couple threes so like he was all right but yeah he was definitely he was too much of a tweener there he was too small for par forward and too slow for a small forward and he can't play two and yeah exciting <laughs> plays though hustle too right he's diving into the fourth row head first diving for a ball like absolutely love the blocks and now we get those guys for the starting lineup because before we didn't have that mindset for the starting lineup. now we have covington and jones who will actually be playing the big minutes who will bring that mentality so yeah i'm did you so I love this roster. how much did you guys go into covington can we talk about covington at all we didn't go into him very much i mean i just love his d i love uh when you i feel like when you watch like a if you watch this highlight reel it could be like a defensive instructional video mm-hmm. um i think <laughs> i i hope again like maybe it's the canter effect where other people start picking up on it maybe this is the culture where everyone can talk and collins can stop fouling so much um or this is the other thing that's going to happen. Or we're going to see there's absolute bias and we're all absolutely right as fans because now Covington's going to start getting fouls called all the time on him. Um, because 
there was a lot of questionable plays in there, but they're not fouls. There are some touching, but it's not a foul. And um, but maybe he just gets the little yeah, swing. The, he gets the swinging motion out of it because he is so patient and he is so like the game is not fast to him at all, right? Like he 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 moves and right. rotates at the exact right time. Um, I mean, I didn't watch all of his all of his minutes, but I've watched him quite a bit because he just pops off the film when you love defense. Right. Yeah, he really does. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's a freaking puzzle. Like he can go with any lineup you want for this Blazers team. Now you put him in, and he fits wherever. Oh, we need a center. All right, Covington. Oh, we need a small forward. All right, Covington. Oh, we want a big lineup. Let's put him at the two guard. Okay, Covington. I mean, he can literally go wherever you want. You can build around him. He's just the best puzzle piece to put in any lineup. There's few guys in the league like that. That's a perfect transition to a question I had for you guys. Again, relating back to my day job at the No Show at NBC Sports. Uh, today, Justin Myers was the guest host. He brought up uh, the NB- or the Blazers as Thanksgiving foods. We have, obviously, Dame being the turkey. You would have CJ being the stuffing, and I think Nurk was the mashed potatoes, where as far as just uh, you know, kind of going down the list of as far as the essentials and things that you must have, things that go together. Uh, but Robert Covington came out as the gravy, as essentially the, you know, the things that go, goes on top. You can have the meal without it, but when you have that on the meal, it just really finishes it, really completes the whole thing. I thought that was kind of a good analogy. Uh, <laughs> I like where this is going. And I, I was wondering, I, I, I have I was wondering if there's any other uh, Thanksgiving foods that stand out to you as a quick comparison to any other Blazers players, some of our other well, role players. I like the gravy because it's actually what I was gonna say. And this is and uh, to your uh, analogy, you can't have turkey and Thanksgiving dinner without gravy, but you don't win championships without it. There you go. Exactly, man. That's is exactly the point here. Because obviously Dame is the turkey. There's no arguing that. I would say the biggest, you can disagree if you want. I would say the second biggest part is the stuffing. And, you know, it's kind of the other essential. You can have it on its own even. So it kind of fits that CJ. Nurk is the mashed potatoes. It fills. This was all Justin Myers, by the way. Shout out to him at NBC. Uh, Nurk is the mashed potatoes of where it fills the space. It kind of, you know, is the carbs. It kind of big and in the middle there. Uh, kind of, yeah, I guess fills it up is the way to put it. But that gravy analogy really just sent it home as mm. far as Rocco being that extra touch that's going to put us over the top on really being that bomb-ass Thanksgiving meal that wins the championship. And Derek Jones is the cranberry sauce that just goes kapow. Uh, yep, that's what See, I was okay, going to say. I was yep. going to ask about who was the cranberry. So are you both pro-cranberry sauce? I, was, I, I wasn't I was until last year, and then my brother put it on my uh, food, and that was a game changer because I haven't been the biggest Halloween or Halloween. I haven't been the biggest Thanksgiving food person until I added the cranberry sauce. Really? Okay. Like, you, turkey's all right. Like, ham's person. good. Like, mashed potatoes are good. Stuffing's good. I, I would really just give me some, like, fried chicken and some breadsticks, some gravy on there on the side. I might be a little different. But until I added the cranberry sauce over the turkey and the ham, I was like, whoo. So that's the trick, man. So everyone tries cranberry sauce by itself. And it's not. It's, but, it's like a dip. You just add it to things randomly. Like, in the, in the Thanksgiving leftover uh, sandwich it's great as like inside the sandwich right. okay. like it adds See, okay, so that pop it's kind of so, like peanut so sauce was, yes what i was gonna list as the, uh, the 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 player that i was gonna put as the cranberry sauce i was gonna say canter because it doesn't work well on its own you can't have too much of it Ooh. uh it, you know and and there's there's different styles like if you have the canned cranberry sauce versus the cranberry sauce that has other bits worked in there like it can be very different cranberry sauce depending on what you put with it uh, but it's always complimentary, right? And it's always kind of like that, that little side item that just, like, if you have it on its own, it's just too tart, just too much. Uh, so I, I was thinking that might be, or maybe cancer, if a better one could be, uh, 
uh, let's say like the, the the sweet potato pie you get at the end for dessert because it comes after. It's a smaller portion. It's too sweet. You don't want to have a whole plate of that stuff. And if you try to put that right on top of like stuffing, not gonna work. But you pair that with, you know, like you said, the leftovers, the Thanksgiving leftovers. You put that on top of some turkey. He and Dame working together, a little pick and roll action. I think it works. Wait, so, so what do you is, is cancer the cranberry or the uh, the sweet potato pie? I stumped you both. I mean, I <laughs> I think I think cancer is the lumps in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The secondary mash. I don't uh, know. No, I don't. <laughs> The only thing I can think about Cantor is, are you guys happy that we got him back cheaper than what we offered him? <laughs> At the beginning or that first time, you mean? Yeah, uh, we offered him we offered him more money and he didn't like that we only gave him like 48 hours or whatever. And that's yeah, what, yeah. that was the whole deal, right? And then yeah, so he had to take less bad. money somewhere else. <laughs> and so then we trade for him and get him back on a smaller contract. I, th- I, so I think, think that's a win. Gonna... I think that's a Blazers win. Is is that going to come back? Like, is that going to be because so? But yeah, like you're saying, he left and he basically told the NBA world that the Blazers just kind of shorted him, didn't give him enough. T- uh, give, didn't. Give I him think it was just business. Really that's normal. Bi- that's normal business, point, though. Like, Everyone. Dame even says that's normal business. Like, and same thing with. I'm, uh, I just. I, I, it's just weird to me that Dame would call him out publicly the way he did. Say like, no, nah, that's not what happened, man. All Shea was at my barbecue with me. That he did not give you too short of a time. I mean, now I mean, for this is a Blazers thing. It looks like. Also, yeah, I was gonna say, say that Derek Jones, Jones they just, Derek Jones, you just mentioned that earlier, Ty. Yeah, so this might be a Blazers thing that they're like, we have, or maybe it's a small market thing. I don't know, or it's just a free agent thing that you do. You go, hey, we have so many players, you can't. I mean, sorry, like, they, or because it was Bobby Marks was saying that because this free agency was the biggest one that they've seen people go for a deal and then try and like maybe sell it around the league and then they come back and it's long gone. That deal was hours ago and they don't get it anymore. I mean, no, there's so many businesses in life that you don't get more than 48 hours to make decisions on it. Like selling, like, I mean, it's just, it is the way life goes. It's how, especially if it's a competitive market and if I, and if you say no to this, I cannot miss out on the next stone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You gotta move on kind of thing. And yeah. this is Olshay's nope. third time going after him. He signed it when he was with the Jazz to that offer sheet <laughs> or the Thunder or whatever. And then and then it got matched. And then he traded for him and now he or he signed for him and now he traded for him. That's and I think his I best like. I think honestly still his best tape is probably in a Blazers uniform. Oh yeah, he did not look good at all last oh, year with definitely. the Celtics. So no. he looked so bad with the Celtics. I don't, I don't think they used him right, or they just didn't mesh with the team. Nope. Yeah, it, it definitely was a fit problem. But I agree. Like I think the the best. I'll say, man. Like he and Melo both, both those players before they came to Portland, I had such different opinions on them on and off the court. Uh, and then you see them come up here, and I mean, obviously, you learn more about the players as characters when they are on your team. So be it. Uh, but their their production here in Portland, I just think, looked so much beyond. For Melo, he didn't touch that uh, when he was in OKC or in Houston. He looked way better up here. Cantor, same way, before and after. He has just looked better in Portland. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they both bring around. So, Ty, you mentioned Bobby Marks, and once again, you are nailing the segues for me before I even get there. Uh, Bobby Marks came out, and he said, I think he said Portland was, the, uh, he was putting them as second in the West. Yep. Uh, top four is what he said later in the segment, but at first he said second in the West. How do you guys feel with the moves they have made? Uh, again, adding Derek Jones Jr., bringing Cantor back, uh, upgrading Ariza to Rocco, and adding Harry Giles, as well as bringing uh, back Hood and Mello. 
a deep roster. The West has kind of shifted around. LA is obviously on top. Clippers have lost some players. Houston has fallen apart. There's a lot of pieces to consider here, but just before we wrap up, we'll get into all the more detailed si- uh, pieces of this in a future episode. But where do you guys put Portland as your first prediction on the 2021 season uh, in the West standings? Um, I'll have to probably agree with Bobby and say, based on paper, this is the second best team yeah. for the West, but that is on paper, and that doesn't win you championships. And that doesn't hey, win you any you games because I feel like it would be the Warriors, but since Clay tore his a- or, or since he ruptured his Achilles or tore his Achilles, that automatically sends them down, which just sucks. But I feel like it would have been, I feel like it would have went Lakers, Warriors, or Warriors, Lakers, however you want to do it, and then maybe us. I don't feel like Denver got better. I feel like losing Grant is a big blow to them, and they lost Tory Craig. That's two wing defenders. Um, I don't obviously like the Rockets. I think the Clippers are. In flux, they got a new head coach. Um, yes, they still have Kawhi and Paul George. Losing um, Montrez was big, but Montrez they added Serge, big, so I don't yeah. know. But, but Serge has been so up and down; like you don't know what year. Like I mean, it's just like, not the same kind of energy level. Nope. So yeah, Especially I'll take Montrez the Blazers second. I can go through the whole thing, but I'll just say I'll, I'll agree yeah. and say. Yeah. Based well, what, I want right to hear what second. else you had to say, Ty. What other teams? Uh, you were you were really breaking it down very well. Yeah, I was breaking it well. Nailing it. Where was I at? I was at Nuggets. It's at Clippers. You mentioned Rockets Nuggets, are nothing. Rockets, Clippers. Yeah. I don't think the Timberwolves are. I mean, they're whatever. Uh, so the Jazz. I've never been super high on the Jazz, uh, and now you have a year that's older for Mike Conley. You have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who they. I mean, they're good, but yeah, I I feel like after that, like you, I okay, Dallas is up there, so maybe they're, Dallas KP off the start. Yeah, because I'm trying to think what other like rosters besides the Lakers, Blazers, Warriors went healthy, and I don't know, like and and the you Clippers. Can never count Spurs what? out, uh, oh, but no, it's not no. really either. I mean, like they don't have Get the rosters here. here. I think the Blazers <laughs> are probably the second most talented team on the paper. When yeah, I mean, do we know where Harden is going to end up? No, no, not because that could he, that could he, change he that could change trade, things. Right? But chances are uh, he's wanting to go east. He wants to go to Brooklyn too. So it's not looking like it's he's not he's not likely going to end up in on the Clippers. He's, he's probably not going to go to Dallas. You know he wants his own team. I think which, Dallas uh, could again, be pretty like, sneaky this year. They made some pretty good moves. Dallas could, yeah, I think they could give the Blazers a run for their money. But just looking at it, I just don't see. I mean, yes, the West is always tough, but now like like it kind of seems like we're kind of all there's like. The teams are all kind of in the middle, like usually like that, like that, or like that third to eight seed, like or like when it's all cluttered. I feel like it's still cluttered, and now there's barely people at the top. Like it's Lakers, maybe us, and then who else? The Mavs and who that's, else? That's the clutter. Yeah, was, but we're above yeah. that. We're finally above that clutter. Above it, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does at least on paper. Above that. Yep. That, yep. Right. <laughs> we are above so it finally. You, that's what I'm saying. At the top of the clutter, like where you, Chad, you'd say like what top three. I mean, I would, I would say, I would say top, I would say absolutely like top three. I, and that's just, absolutely and that's just, yeah, absolutely top three if, if healthy, like barring yeah. injuries and all that normal stuff, um, which I think we could actually maybe even handle one or two, like not wanting yeah. to have that happen, but we've never been able to handle one or two in the past. It, there was always like one key person that it could happen to and it would just like throw off our whole game plan. Right. But I don't. Yeah, we're starting off the season with Zach on the on the injury list. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's so a player in my mind that we could that could get injured in the beginning of the season that I'd, we'd all probably destroy ourselves. But because um, we want to <laughs> see him play in the Blazer uniform, um, 
but yeah. you know, in that yeah. starting lineup, let's get it done, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I like it. I, I feel like it's, it's hard on paper, at least like you're saying, it's hard not to believe that this off season from Olshay has really put us into, we've gone from barely competing for that eighth spot to being, I mean, if we, if we're taking off the rose colored glasses as much as possible, we're probably still a top four team. I know. Like I'm we're, trying we're, to like find it. I'm like, all right. Like I'm just trying to like be biased. Like, but looking at it, like the it's there. Like you have a superstar with Damian Lillard. Yeah. You have a like you have a legit starting five. You have depth. It's like you can't. Yes, maybe. I mean, to play devil's advocate, yes, these guys. You have new guys coming in who maybe haven't meshed yet. Sure, or, sure. Or maybe Nurkic takes a step. I don't know. Like, but They're I don't see much of that happening. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there there are certainly variables, but it's it's looking pretty good on paper here in the early preseason of a weird off season of a weird season that's going to start in mid December or late December or Christmas or whatever. And uh, I guess what playoffs are set to be in May, so it, it's Something. it's just going to be strange all around. So uh, can I ask a question real quick? Real quick, yeah. Before yeah, you wrap this up, because I feel like wrapping this up, and I, and I wanted to see what what size thought. So. We're pretty much above the pack. It's us and the Lakers. Seven game series. Us and the Lakers. Oh, say it, Ty. Where you at? <laughs> like the Lakers got the Lakers like feel like they, they got good, gone. but yeah. there there's question marks, right? There's a lot. Yeah. No, there is. There's a lot of question marks. Yeah. On paper, you look at them and they look like they drastically like just jumped ahead of everybody. Like which just adding that time. Um, seven game series. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Let, let me let me as you think about the time. Let me just add to this kind yeah. of add some spice into this pot here. Uh, every, I'm not arguing that the, the Lakers on paper have a better roster than the Blazers right now, but if you took out Anthony Davis and LeBron and Damon CJ, how do those rosters look now? Like obviously oh, Damon yeah. or AD and LBJ are top two top five players. Damon CJ would at best hope to be like two top 15. I don't think CJ is really even at, at top 15. Dame is top 10, but CJ is not quite up there, right? So we're, we're behind on those top two. But if you take out those top players and you count for maybe chemistry, yeah. uh, the team working together, I yeah. feel like the rest of that roster, I don't know if they're as far ahead. I, I think the Blazers have the upper hand there. But it just I think that just shows you the star power of those two the Lakers yeah. have. That's, <laughs> That's like literally, too. I think seven-game series... I think it'll be a lot tougher. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot tougher. But you know what? I think I think the Blazers could get him because they did lose backcourt defense. They lost Avery Bradley, who was big for them, and that showed in the playoffs. And now they added him with Schroeder, who he hasn't been shown to be like the defender. He's more of an offensive mind. And for Montrez, he's six seven. And I feel like right. we got the guys that can hang with them. What? Okay. We'll have Covington at center. We'll play him against you. And then now you bring <laughs> Harrell out to the wing. Okay, we'll play Cantor or Nurkacham. So I'll say we take him in a seven-game series. Yeah, we got a lot of trump cards, right? Yeah. And a lot more than oh. last year, which is just – I mean, which is just – which is Sorry, just I still which shiver like, when you it, use that word. Around. Sorry. <laughs> I, play too, I play too many cards, man. I play too many cards. <laughs> oh, it's just I, I, need to get, I need to recondition myself to hearing that word in a non-political context. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm I'm with you, Ty, uh, and I agree with what he said, Chad. As far as man, uh, it's a seven game series between these two would not look anything like the 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 series from this not last at all. Postseason. Drastic difference uh, between the last. The, time the Blazers now have the size. Well, it depends on, on if we on get the differential and fouls. <laughs> that that's gonna matter for sure. And again, when you have those those two players like AD and LeBron, the fouls and the calls are gonna matter in the end. But on paper. 
We've got size. Uh, we've got arguably better depth, if not fairly even with the depth. Uh, the defensive end, I don't think we're behind on that. Like, there's a lot of things that have changed from even what we saw just a short, short while ago. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to be curious what happens in May. I mean, since you're the only person that called it right, Ty, I had to ask because I, wanted, I, I just want to <laughs> give you the option to just call it right again. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm calling it right again. <laughs> give it a number. You saying Blazers in seven? I'll, yeah, I'll take Blazers. There it seven. is. Okay, Blazers Ooh, seven. There it is. There tough, it is. You heard it tough here hard first. Series. But you that's just that. That could change. I'm gonna like that could change. <laughs> that could change after we watch 50 games played. Easily. Could oh change. yeah. Oh, believe me. It's I reserve the right to change. It's, we're gonna we're gonna review this again like 20 games in, and then at 50, and then at what 72 is the season this year. So yeah. we're gonna be it's having gonna be a great guys. year. Yes, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we are gonna have a good time with it. And so this is uh, the the first episode back for us, and look for many more. Guys, what do you think? Can we? You think we can aim for a weekly? You, should we get back to that right off the bat, or you want to give us some uh, time to speed up, get back in the, in the rhythm? Well, we can get whatever. I just got to figure out how to schedule a little bit better but for myself. But yeah, I mean, if we can find we'll, it, we'll make that work. I can do it. We'll make that work. If uh, all right, good. We we got we got votes. Then we I heard a confirmation from both of them. Uh, so we're gonna make that work. If the listeners, if you guys are gonna be here, so in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you, Chad, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats and to our sponsor, Clearly Speaking. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcast. Whatever. First one back. (laughs) 